Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12-Sided Guys. We have Scott as Ornan. At your service. Sabrina as Sylvie. Oh, hello. Jordan as Magrim. You're most welcome. Matt as Guy. That is my name. Don't wear it out. And me, Paul, as that notorious, infamous, roguishly good-looking scallywag, Tommy Two Thumbs. And of course, <laughs> we all know his catchphrase. Everybody, say it with me now. Hey, I'm Tommy, and I got two thumbs. <laughs> hey, two thumbs Tommy over here. Wow, you guys did a really great job. Speaking of doing a really great job... I feel like I'm getting Dora the Explorer right now, where like I shouted out the wrong answer, but also like, wow, good job, thanks for the help. Well, speaking of doing a really great job, all of you listeners out there are doing a really great job of spreading the word about us, the 12-sided guys. And speaking of the word, Jesus. And speaking of Jesus, geez, us here at 12-sided guys have been hard at work putting out more and more Patreon content for you. So check it out by becoming a patron. And speaking of patron, a huge shout out to one of our newest patrons, Chris. And speaking of Chris, Chris Cross will make you jump, jump. And speaking of jump, y'all better jump on that Dordecadork drip we've got over in our shop. And speaking of shop, my mama told me you better shop around. And speaking of Jeez. around, it's probably time I get around to starting this episode. Anyway, <laughs> if you ever called upon Knights of the Round, then this podcast is for you. It's Chorus of the Forsaken, episode 28. I did, but by the time I got it, I didn't need it anymore. You didn't need it for like Emerald Weapon and stuff? I had to beat Emerald Weapon in order to get the Chocobo. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, not Emerald Weapon. Which one? Is, Ruby or Weapon? Wait. Maybe I'm mixing them up. I, 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 Weapon is the first... I, got, I don't remember what, which ones are which now. I only it's used been it too like long. twice. By the time I had it, there were like two fights where I actually even needed it. Well, when you yeah. said Knights of the Round, I, w- I wasn't thinking Final Fantasy. I was thinking the old arcade be- arcade beat-em-up Knights of the Round with Percival and Lancelot and, yeah. and Arthur. That's actually immediately where my mind went. I freaking loved those games. Lancelot, Lancelot with, with his, his long blonde hair and his saber. <laughs> his Fabio <laughs> He hair. was so dainty. I loved it. Well, Percival turned into like a gladiator because he like had the one shoulder pad and the big ha- one hand at one handed axe. No, he was he was just a medieval version of Hagar, the mayor of what was it, Metro City? Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Come back with my daughter. That's my impression. Oh my God. <laughs> That's my impression. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Oh Wait, my is that gosh. taken? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh, man. Uh, all right you know, actually that ne- liam neeson did uh base his character in taken off of hagar from final fight <laughs> i knew it <laughs> hence the green overalls with only one strap but strapped across his torso it was so it was great to 90s. just punch cars to try and get some extra power-ups <laughs> The storm clouds of late fall sat heavy on the city of Redlam. The dark and broody weather matched by the dark and broody disposition of our fearsome hero. 
with a stoic visage, jaw set firm, and eyes perpetually locked in a scowl, the incomparable and indisputable leader of the ineptly named Wilhelm and Associates extracts his black leather-clad book from his pack, and then pulls a stylus and small inkwell from his black leather-clad satchel, then sets aside his black leather-wide-brimmed hat and black leather ulster cloak to begin writing out the black leather-clad ponderings of his <laughs> enigmatic yet brilliant mind. Oh my gosh. Dear diary, this rainy weather can be such a bummer, but the humidity makes my skin feel fabulous. Oh if someone God. could like bottle this for when it's dry and hot, wood totes by. Sigh. I guess I just have to settle for this bare fat with lavender oil lip balm that smells so dreamy. Yum, yum. So today oh was gosh. a bit weird. Do you remember Elion from back in school? The one with the high water pants? He always had the messiest hair. And who wears white socks with sandals anyway? Well, guess who I saw today? That's right, it was Elian. And he had totally flip-flopped on the night owls and had become a nighthawk. OMG. Like, who does that? Nighthawks are like tacky brutes. Night owls are way cooler. Brains over bronze for life. It turns out that Elian was in town looking for none other than Calum of the Ravenstone clan the one that was deep-sixed by his own wife and me and my besties too, obs, based, lol. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I had to play it cool. Like, I'm not about to be all like, oh, Toads, Elian, I know Calum, we totally killed him. Yeah, super dead, yup. He would have probs flipped out. He was already super weirded out seeing me alive after thinking I had died. What's worse, it looks like the Krahenesti hasn't forgotten yours truly, even though it's been like so many years since the incident in Berkeven. Ugh, how long is it going to take for them to leave me alone? Just like, get a life, jeez. <laughs> I totes forgot to <laughs> oh give context. Gosh. Me and my besties, or the Friendship is Magical Band of Hot Misfits, as I call them. Okay, I'm <laughs> oh still working gosh. on the name. Anyways, we were doing some research at the Prolian archives. We'd been having all these like crazy dreams slash visions about Spritz and the bird person and the creepy clown dude and the animal person that's making creatures like lose their sh shirts and fight each other. <laughs> We'd also found like a bunch of stuff that was pretty old, but like cool old, not like stupid old. You know what I mean? Anyway, there was a bunch of inquisitors there as well as Elian too. Elian told me that there was going to be that they was going to give me a little bit of time out of friendship, whatever, but that he would let them know about me very soon. Totally freaked out. I also managed to see the notes from the Inquisitors. I sort of like lost it. I snagged all of the notes and bolted. I wasn't about to let them get a leg up on us, but check it. They've been having the dreams visions too. They know all about Spritz and the rest and Oak Road. So we have to go find these people from the dreams as soon as possible because, like, if we don't, then the Inquisitors will. They also mentioned a Peter the Merchant who's, like, low-key doing slavery stuff. Not cool. After I <laughs> ran away from the Prolian archives, we decided to check in on the druids. They hooked us up with this boon of braided skin that helps us talk to animals somehow. <laughs> Some might call it booniful, lol, but I'm not much into skins other than black leather. Danan, this dwarf druid, said she was going after Jib-Jab and might come with us. She seems chill. Well, after everything and considering that Elian and his Nighthawk brutes might be looking for me, 
I'm thinking maybe I should like lay low for a little while. Besides, I've got lots of research to do and ammonia to distill. Old Vicky here could use some R and R. Sigh. Well, time to sign off. X O X O X O Victor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm getting Noho Hank vibes and I love it. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the city of Redlam. We now join Wilhelm and Associates as they are leaving the Shrine of Sylvanus in Greenway Village outside of Redlam as they are heading back into the city trying to decide uh, where they go from here. I know that you guys have a couple things you wanted to try. Uh, you guys have maybe some payments coming from, um, from the Baron or at least from his treasury. You had talked about the Silent Voice. Um, so what is it you guys want to do or what are you doing as you go back into the city? Do we know when we're going to get paid or how, how long we have to wait? We have no word on that. You guys had been told that you would get word, um, back at your inn. Um, you had told the, uh, the constable, you had told, uh, Gardenia and as well as, uh, her boss that, um, you were staying at the Oaken Throne and that you would get word at the Oaken Throne, uh, when things were ready. Mogram's going to like talk to them as as we're coming into the city and he's going to say, look, given everything that transpired at the Prolian archives, um, I don't know if it's a good idea for me to be openly walking around the city at this point, um, just for fear that if Elian put a tail on me or is attempting to have somebody follow me, I don't want him to follow you all to the Oaken Throne, although perhaps it'll be easy for them to to figure out where we are. I'm wondering if it makes sense for me to meet you perhaps at the Raven's Rest Lodge in Greenway Village. Um, I saw it as we were passing passing by on the way to the Shrine of Sylvanas, and I'm thinking perhaps maybe I could set up there and wait for you if I need to, or um, that maybe it makes sense that I stay somewhat separate. Well, I don't, I don't think we want you going alone. You, uh, I mean, I think you're right about you being the target. We weren't exactly subtle with that grab and run. <laughs> but I moved really fast. <laughs> but I still well, don't think you should be alone, just hanging out as bait. Fair enough. We're on our way to meet with an organization that specializes in hiding people who are being sought out. So maybe come with us at least to this next step. Meet with the uh, uh, the silent voice and maybe they can come up with some place for you to be until we are ready to leave this city. Okay, uh, I think that makes sense. Here, perhaps I can go a little bit in disguise and he'll take off his black leather Ulster cloak to reveal the black leather vest that he has on <laughs> underneath and black leather shirt. <laughs> Man, you got to be sweating all the there. time. No one will recognize me now. Where did Mogram go? <laughs> <laughs> but you still got the plague mask on. <laughs> With all that black leather, how much baby powder do you go through? Like how fast, how long does it take you to go through a one so canister of baby powder? much baby powder. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh God. Well, we can see so it nice all over all the your time. clothes. There's white flecks everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people think it's just my flaky skin, but it's not. It's the powder. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I noticed that the moisture in the air is totally is like wonderful for my skin right now. <laughs> you did you noticed it too? <gasps> I mean, totally, <laughs> yes. You guys are looking so fresh. <laughs> Wait, remind me really quick. What was the name of the prelate again? We have uh, the name Elliot? on the envelope. 
No, the the prelate oh. who was who was researching Peter, Peter the ah, merchant. Yes, uh, let me let me look. Ah, yes, here it is. It is. What was Annalise. the name of that prelate? <laughs> Annalise. Thank you, Annalise. Uh, yeah. An- Annalise. It looks like her name was Annalise. All right. Well, I'll pretend like I don't know that name, but I think I do think that I'm going to try to at least cross paths with her at least one more time. I think that there's. Just be careful. I, I, you know, I feel like we're getting a little close well, to was them. She, was she an inquisitor or was she just like a, a nun? So she was a prelate. So she was one of the more um, like a, uh, a caretaker of the church. So she's not on crusade, right? So um, I, I think that anyone who has any connection with the uh, Church of Aona in their past would know that there are different sects, different organizations in the uh, Church of Aona. Now is as good a time as any to kind of do a, a breakdown um, of some of the different orders. So you've got the ones that we've already met before. We've got the Vantorians, which is uh, the monster hunters. You met some of them in Beragrad. There was Theron and Marin, and then there was uh, uh, Myra, the one who was protecting uh, Dilar. Those are Vantorians. They they hunt monsters and other like magical creatures. Um, and then there are the the new ones that you just saw here in town called the Navorians. And those are the ones who you have like the guard or the warden who accompanies like an arcane magic user who uses arcane power against arcane power. Right? They're using the the tools of the enemy or of the devil, whatever, uh, against itself. So that's Navorians, and those are both technically like crusaders they travel um and they 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 don't have like a home base necessarily they're spreading peace and democracy throughout the uh the world 100 percent, 100 percent. and then there is another there's a third um kind of questing or um or uh uh crusading um order and that would be the dyrinian order the order of dyrin um and the only person that we've met in game so far who was a dyrinian uh would have been if you remember back in Beragrad, there was the dwarf uh uh uh, Inquisitor, uh, who uh, he was called uh, Xander the Zealous, I think is what we ended up calling him. Uh, he was a Dyrrhenian. They are very militant. They are very they are they are zealots, and they like they use force of arms um, to spread the word of Aona. Um, the uh, the main order or sect of Aona that deals with like caring for the actual church buildings and things um, would be the Hemnil, uh, the order of Hemnil or the Hemnilites. Uh, they tend to be less zealous and more pious. Uh, they're not militant necessarily. It doesn't mean that they can't like put up a fight or something like that, but they're not out on crusade. Uh, they, they care for the temples and um, they're the, they're like uh, uh, more, uh, they, they stay in one place uh, and they, and they care for their flocks there in, in the towns and in the cities where they reside. So um, you like more administrative. Annalise would have been a Hemnolite. Yes. And, and Annalise would have probably been a Hemnolite. And t- technically in the world, there are more people in the order of Hemnil than there are of the more zealot uh, or um, crusading orders. She's more mainstream, more mainstream. Yeah, Aeonian. exactly. Yeah. She's, she also, she's more mainstream. Remind me, we know she's a prelate because we recognized her face, but she wasn't dressed in her 
frock and everything, right? Correct. She had like a cloak pulled on over her clothing. And it's not, you weren't sure whether she was just keeping the rain off because it's nasty and rainy out and it's also getting colder and colder. Um, she had like a wool cloak over the top of her, of her robes. Um, so that was something you did notice. Um, yeah. So, uh, that's what you know about the church of Aona. Um, also you would know, I guess something else you would know is that like the, the order of like priests and things, the priests are called prelates. And then like below them, you have just like a a normal acolyte. And then above them, like the person who's in charge of the church over a barony would be like an arch prelate. And then above that would be like, uh, it's called a costarian. And then the leader of the church is the high costarian. Uh, So uh, Annalise is a prelate. So she's not like a, like a a low level acolyte. Um, She is like one step up. So with these prelates, do we know, did they take a vow of chastity? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Straight to the point, eh? No, they don't. Okay, if I'm going to try to get some information out of her, I'm going to use my best assets. (laughs) Assets. All right. Well, you guys are moving through. Oh, sorry, you asked a question. I don't know if you guys, if you ever got an answer. Uh, the answer that the, the answer that the people who know about the church would know is that no, there is not a vow of celibacy or a vow of chastity. Okay. All right. Um, celibacy is fine, but chastity—that's yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not looking for any long-term commitment. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are moving through town. Does anybody remember? You guys are on your way to meet the silent voice, right? That's kind of what you're, where you're headed. Hell yeah. Do you guys remember where it is you're supposed to go? The safe house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So you guys would know uh, what Philibert had told you is you are heading to the West Quarter. Um, there is a house on... It's a mansion, uh, like one of the biggest mansions, but it's supposed to be abandoned, right? Yeah, right, it's, it's a rundown down. manor over in the West Quarter. The West Quarter is the poorer part of town. Um, a lot of the streets aren't kept up. So you have like cobblestones, but you have like, you know, some of them been pried up and stuff. So there's lots of dirt as well, you know, puddles and that kind of thing. Uh, so that's the West Quarter. And there's a there's a, a rundown manor house on a street called Walnut Way. And he said that you'll know it because it's the biggest house there. But um, it's uh, it's rundown and it, it looks uh, looks unkempt. He also warned you about some different people that you might meet when you go there. Um, he had warned you about um, potentially uh, Winston or Lillian. I can't remember if he warned you potentially Zephyr. Yeah, we talked about Zephyr. Zephyr was the one who might be a little uh, crotchety. Spicy. No, Lillian. Lillian would have been oh, the one Lillian's who was crotchety. One, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I showed you guys her token. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> She'd be hot if she wasn't so angry. Um, yeah, so he warned you that you might run into a couple people, um, potentially Winston or Zephyr. But if you run into Lillian, she's a hard nut to crack, I think, is what he had warned you. So, yeah, so you make your That's way over. That's why to- we've got these cod pieces. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's to keep your nuts from getting cracked. All right. As you guys head over to uh, to Walnut Way, it's not very hard to find. We've never described it before, but every time we win a we win a fight when victory music is playing, um, <laughs> Ornan and Guy are clapping their cod pieces together. Doing a jumping high five, they jump up and over and over again. Pieces together. 
I'm just picturing like Final Fantasy 3, Final Fantasy 6 sprites just jumping into each other over and over again. I mean, they're Oh my gosh. High one. Um, all right. All right. Okay. You guys are making your way through the city of Redlam. You end up going back around the castle again. The West Quarter is obviously on the west side of town. Um, and you get to um, this place where the, the houses are smaller. They're older. They're more run down. You know, you have a lot of thatch roofs as compared to uh, more of the tile roofs or even like the wooden shingles. You see a lot more thatch. You see a lot more um, like old buildings. You see abandoned buildings as well. Uh, small houses. It doesn't take you long to find Walnut Way. And as you start walking along Walnut Way, you can see there are a lot of small rundown houses. And you see um, that they're kind of on the southern edge of Walnut Way. Uh, You can see that there is a house that looks bigger than the others. It is actually quite large. Um, This would be if you're thinking back to Barograd, this would be uh, almost comparable to the size of um, of Nalira's uh, the Silvercrest Manor. Um, oh, okay. It's a little. It's a little bit smaller, and it's definitely more run down. But you can see that there's a, a main door on the uh, south side of the building. As you approach, you can see these large windows, but they are like grimy and gringy. Um, they're leaded glass, and yes, I, <laughs> I said gringy on purpose. Windows. <laughs> You can see that there is a, an alleyway on either side that goes between um, the buildings next to it, which are just smaller rundown houses. Uh, but you guys are kind of approaching the house here from um, uh, from the, uh, the the south side. So you could actually you're, you're kind of approaching the front door. Um, if you guys want to do any kind of investigating, just let me know. Otherwise, you're here. You're at this what you assume is the the manor house for the uh, silent voice. And remind me, we were just supposed to say that that Philibert sent us. Uh, yeah, you were just no secret knocks. There were no secret knocks. You were just supposed to mention Philibert's name, and that then you might have to wait around for a bit. But then that they would um, they would check you out, and if everything seemed okay, then they would be willing to talk to you. Uh, then I'm just going to go up to the door. Well, Sylvie, have at it. Yeah, I think uh, Sylvie will walk up and just. Uh, just knock. Okay, you walk up to the front door and you knock. As you knock, you can see that through the windows, even though there's like years and years of grime, you can see that there is a light on um, in the in one of the windows there on the right side, so more on the east side of the building. Um, and after just a couple, maybe 10, 15 seconds, the, uh, the door creaks open, uh, just a crack, and you see, uh, looking out at you, you see this man with... Um, with dark hair, kind of, uh, kind of short, you know, cut like just um, uh, above the ears. It doesn't go down past the the collar of his shirt. He's got a well trimmed, uh, like dark, uh, almost black beard and mustache. Um, he's got kind of um, fuller cheeks, uh, but you wouldn't say that he's um, he's fat. He looks like he looks well fed, um, but not like um, I'm butchering this. <laughs> hey, had a full breakfast. All right. It looks like Jon Snow. <laughs> he kind of does look like Jon Snow. He he looks healthy, but he just has like this fuller face. He looks well fed. He dresses nicely. So as the door opens, the first thing you notice is that his clothes are not like the clothes of other people that you see um, as you are uh, as you've been walking around here in the West Quarter. And he says, uh, y- y- "Yes, uh, may I, may I help you?" 
you get the impression he is a little bit chubby. <laughs> you get the impression he's a little bit uncomfortable, um, but there is just kind of something um, endearing about it. Um, hello, uh, if Philbert sent us. We were hoping we could speak to you in, inside the, with the uh, voices of silence. <laughs> he kind of looks around and he's like, oh, um, Philbert. Um, yeah, yes, I, I know Philbert. Um, well, well uh, come on in, come on in. And he kind of backs up and lets you in uh, into the manor. Um, as you step in, before any more conversation, I'll kind of describe what you see. As you step in, you can see that um, stretching further to the north, there is this uh, this hallway uh, that stretches uh, probably about 30 or 40 feet. And at the end of the hallway, you can see there's a staircase that goes up. Um, and then on the, on, the, uh, on the right and the left, right here in this entry, you can see that there are archways that lead into separate rooms. On the left side, you can see that it, it leads into what is some sort of like a like a closet or like a, um, uh, uh, a place to hang your, co- your coats. And then beyond that, you can see what looks like a latrine. And on the right side, you can see there is this sitting room. Uh, looks like it's a place to, uh, to sit and have a drink or, uh, or just to chat, maybe like a drawing room of some kind. You can see there's other doors along the walls down the hall. Um, but then there, again, there's that staircase at the, at the, uh, at the far end. And this man says, uh, uh, come on in. And then he closes the door behind you. He says, my name's Winston, um, and uh, you are you're here to um, to talk to um, the Silent Voice. He seems very uncomfortable. Hi, Winston. Uh, uh, yes, my name my name's Sylvie, and these are my comrades. You can call us William and Associates. Wait, who's William? Wilhelm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I told you. I told you the name William in confidence. <laughs> And we're not supposed to say the shoe one either. <laughs> <laughs> really quick, Paul, does the inside match the outside? Um, the inside does not match. Well, the, okay, so the inside is definitely old, but it's much more well taken care of than the outside would make it appear, right? So there are the it's the the floor is this uh, this tile work. It looks old and scuffed and like um, you know definitely like dated, but it is clean. Right. It's uh, it's it's not uh, covered in like uh, mud and footprints and that kind of thing. The furniture, as you kind of look to the right and you look into the sitting room, the furniture is old, but it is well cared for. Right. So the the fabric may be fading, but it's not like springs popping up through cushions or anything like that. Gotcha. Uh, like you'd see in like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> for some reason, I had in my mind we were going to go to this old bombed out mansion and jump through a hole in the floor. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> He says, um, if you wouldn't mind, um, here, uh, uh, over here. And he kind of motions to this room to the right. He says, if you wouldn't mind having a seat, I, uh, I will, uh, I will make the arrangements and, um, I'm sure that, um, there will be some people who, who want to speak with you. So, uh, so please. Was Winston one of the names that we were given? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. He says, please, uh, uh go on in and, and have a seat. Winston, is everything all right? You seem a little on edge. Um, this is not, um, this is not what I normally do. Um, and it always makes me uncomfortable when, when people come knocking. Are are you a member of the silent voice yourself? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm an associate. I'm, I'm not a member. No, I, I I don't do any of that. And he kind of like waves his hand in the air and he goes, woo woo. I don't, I don't do any of that. I do that all the time. Woo. 
<laughs> and I raise my <laughs> and I and I dance like a middle aged white suburban mom. Oh my gosh, amazing! <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, well, if you wouldn't mind, uh, please uh, into the into the drawing room, and I'll I'll get things uh, squared away. If anybody wants to make an insight check or yeah, anything, does this go, feel like a trap? Go ahead yeah. and make an insight check. Ornan got a nineteen. Ooh, nice. Gee got a seventeen. Sylvie got a three. Ooh, Margaret got a nat one for an eight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Margaret and Sylvie, you guys are super on edge. I think Sylvie, you're on edge because you saw your um, your friend, your uh, well, your old um, your old acquaintance from um, from the commune. Um, you saw her get burned, and you knew that she was associated with the silent voice. So you're probably just super on edge. Uh, Margaret, you also are on edge because of everything that's already happened today. You are um, like um, eyes in the back of your head. You can't sit still. You are. Uh, I, I imagine you're just like looking for traps around every corner. Gee and Ornan, you feel like if this were a trap, it would be done differently. Like you get the impression this guy's just kind of an awkward dude. Like me in college. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> he says, um, it, it, please um, have a seat. He's waiting for tokens to move before he's going to move off and do his thing. Can I can I hang my coat up over there? The coat racks? Oh, um, of course. Of course. Yes, please. Uh, if you if you uh, want to take anything off, uh, wet clothes or anything like that, uh, we have a wardrobe over here. Um, you can hang your things to dry. Um, if you are needing to use the facilities, and he kind of motions over to another door, he says, uh, latrines are this way. Um, I will be along shortly with um, with some drinks so um, and maybe a snack. Um, please make yourself make yourselves at home. And then he backs out. Do you have any juice boxes? <laughs> Because this party is going to be off the hook. <laughs> uh, he's got Capri Suns, but it's only the 100% juice ones. Oh, he says, uh, I'll, I'll return shortly. He moves uh, away and he is no longer uh, in the in the area. You see him kind of move off the hall, head down the hall um, towards the staircase at the end, but he doesn't go up the stairs. Instead, he takes a left at the last door on the left and goes in there and then shuts it behind him. Leaving you guys all alone here in the drawing room. He seems like a pretty uh, decent fellow, all things considered, right? I suppose so. It's really awkward. But it oh. seems, yeah, it seems weird that he would be here if he's directly not related to the silent voice. Gee and Ornan, you guys get the impression that um, uh, with your 17 and your 19, uh, that anybody in this situation might be a little uncomfortable, right? And uh, and it's, you get the impression that this is just not his normal day to day. Like this is this is uh, this is not what he does normally. I'm sure they don't get many callers. And, and honestly, like he was saying, I don't think it's that he's you know not affiliated with the silent voice. It's that he doesn't do. He's not a pahoftma. Uh, or a fim bomb either. <laughs> oh yeah, not a fi- not a fim bomb. Sorry, what, what is a fim bomb? That's super weird <laughs> that you would talk about fim bomb. Oh, it's the latest <laughs> saying of friendship is magic, and I don't remember the rest of the letters, but something Band along those of lines. Hot misfits. Really, Band it's about hot. the friendship. It's more the vibe, you know. Okay, wait. So if we know that. Which one of us is going to fess up to having read Mogram's journal? (laughs) (laughs) We don't read his journal. He talks out loud as he's writing. (laughs) He was literally (laughs) writing it, hiding in that bush. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dictating it. (laughs) I imagine he's wearing, like, a Batman costume, too, and he's like, in the night, Mogram, wearing black on black. Where is she? (laughs) 
Um, after a couple of minutes, you see Winston come back. He's got a tray and he's got some some like uh, uh, like uh, five different like mismatched cups. And he goes and he sets it down on the, on the table, kind of in the center of the room. Uh, and he grabs one cup for himself. And then he goes over to the corner and he sits down. Uh, he says, "Please uh, uh, help help yourself. Um, it's not very good, uh, not very expensive wine, but." Uh, Guy will take the SpongeBob cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sylvia will grab a chalice. He he says, uh, "Please make yourselves comfortable. Uh, the silent voice has been called, and uh, uh, they'll gather soon. So uh, we can just and we can just sit and wait, and um, we can converse if if you if you want to." Do you guys have a bat signal that you send out? Um, <laughs> how do you how do you uh, communicate so quickly with all the members? Make a persuasion check. That's an 11. I honestly don't know. Uh, there's a... They have a a, a way of sending out word, and um, uh, I'm not exactly sure how it works. So, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you. So how exactly did you get caught up with the silent voice, not being, you know, a Bahaftma yourself? Uh, well, um, why don't you make a persuasion check? And I'm swinging around that scepter. Stroke that scepter. <laughs> just stroke it. It's just swinging it. It's only a 14, but yeah. Yeah, it's better than 11. Uh, he says, um... Wow, okay, I... Paul. <laughs> 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 oh, no, he's, I'm sorry. He rolled it with advantage, and his second roll was also an 11. <laughs> it is better than an 11. Um, he says, well, um, I have an acquaintance who is, um, who is a member of the Silent Voice, um... And um, I love her dearly, and um, I would do anything for her. And this is something that she's asked me to do for her. So, so here I am. So you've been friend zoned, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Do I get the impression that this is like, a, oh, you're such a good friend? Will you do this for me? Situation. <laughs> um, go ahead. Yeah, make an insight check. Everybody should jump in on this one. Morning <laughs> got a thirteen. Key got another seventeen. Uh. Ooh, Mogram got a 24. There we go. These are the important rules, guys. You got to know <laughs> yes. if he's in the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvie got a 12. Okay. I imagine Ornan and Sylvie, you guys are like, oh, oh, I, can, I see what's going on. Uh, you think that that's a possibility. Um, Gee, you sense there's something different, but um, I'll say, Mogram, you sense there is a deep love that this person has, but it is not romantic love. Got it. Interesting. Okay. Um, so yeah, he just sits here. He is he's just kind of talking with you, shooting the breeze. Um, he doesn't tell you too much about like his connection to Silent Voice, but you find out that he is actually a merchant here in town. He sells um, blankets and pillows. So that's kind of his thing. Um, and business has been good. Is this? Wait, is the place? Is is his business called the Pillow? What, what was? What they call it? What was the Pillow Fort? No, what was the uh, was when talk? we were in Almar? Wasn't there like a like a blankets and pillows like bedding? Oh, what was that called? It was in the bazaar. Yeah, in the bazaar. Oh my gosh, what was that place called? Y'all have great I memories. I just want to know what kind of like mattress discounts he's it's got. Pillow Town, isn't it? <laughs> pillow Town. <laughs> I think his place is actually called the Pillow Fort. Okay, <laughs> or it's called Fort Pillows, but everyone calls it the, the Pillow Fort. Um, yeah, so you you, you chat with him, and uh, he kind of loosens up a little bit. Uh, but you but whenever you guys start getting the conversation, just after your your persuasion rules and stuff, getting back around to like talking about the silent voice, you sense that he gets. Um, 
uh, you, he gets a little bit more nervous and anxious and he doesn't want to talk about silent voice so much. And he starts to turn the conversation away. Um, you guys are sitting there for probably about an hour, um, just chatting. He goes off for a while. comes back with some like snacks and things, just like some crackers and some bread and cheese, that kind of thing. Uh, to share and you guys uh, chat. Is there anything specifically you want to ask him or talk to him about before um, before everybody else shows up? I, I, w- I would love to know how many of the uh, silent voice we can expect. Do you do you have an idea of who received the the bat call? Uh, uh, well, um, I, I guess. I guess you should know this. Usually, um, when silent voice, uh, when there's a a meeting called, um. We wait for everyone to show, um, and uh, uh, at this point, there are there are six uh, that we'll wait for. So um, they are probably gathering now as we speak, um, and before long, we'll be we'll be summoned. Nice, good to know. We'll have the full audience. Um, as you are uh, sitting there chatting with Winston, suddenly you see a woman come down the hall. You can hear her before she actually approaches. She oh, comes God. striding into the room. She is wearing um, like uh, tight pants. She's got like a uh, like a white blouse on uh, with a um, sort of a, 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 a thin yellow jacket over the top of it. She has her hair pulled up in a tight bun behind her head and she has a scowl on her face and she comes in and with just Maugram a- is instantly attracted to this woman, <laughs> by the way. Step on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so, so Maugram's into the women that will chew him up and spit him out. Is that, uh, is that canary yellow? You know, I hear that's all the rage these days. Uh, she comes walking in and she looks over at Winston and she says, they're ready. And then she turns around and walks out as he kind of calls up to her back. Okay, Lillian, uh, thank you. And then she is um, moving down the hall as Winston stands up and says, uh, please, would you, would you accompany me? Uh, I'll take you to meet the silent voice. And he leaves the, uh, leaves the dressing room, the, the drawing room. All right. Well, she's every bit as pleasant as uh, what's his name said, Philibert. Um, he takes you down to the uh, down the hallway to the very end, and instead of going up the stairs, he actually opens up the door on the left side and takes you into a kitchen. Um, he moves through the kitchen, not through the door out to the back. You can see that, see that there's a door leading out and like behind the building, but he takes you into a side door into like the storage room, and there is a staircase that goes down uh, down into the basement of the building. Passing the lady, Mogram bows deeply to her and says. I am most grateful for your assistance. And then continues down the stairs. And she's like, cram it. (laughs) Make a persuasion check. Ooh, 19. Oh, geez. Let's go. Old Vicky's on a roll. (laughs) Little Vicky. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, with with your amazing persuasion check. um, Actually, what happens is um, uh, she gives you a nod back. And... um, uh, she actually looks in your direction. It, it, she's the kind of person that was kind of uh, um, averting her gaze, almost like um, hard to she, get. She, yeah, well, hard to get, but also <laughs> also not aloof. Aloof is the wrong word. It's um, it's better than thou is kind of the impression you get from her. Um, and uh, Magram, you got uh, just the slightest little show of respect as you walked by. Or at least seeing you as somebody worth paying attention to. It's the baby powder. She digs it. 
All right. You guys move down the stairs into the basement. The basement is a, a large stone room. You can see that the floor is made up of these uh, of these like a uh, um, old beat up tile, like a uh, uh, stone tiles. There's some crates down here. There's a bunch of barrels and things. They all look old, but you can see that some of them are a little bit newer and maybe have like fresh food and stuff in them. Uh, there is a door to the east and a door to the south. And Winston takes you to the door to the south and he opens it. And he kind of steps to the side and he motions you in and he says, uh, if you would please uh, go on in and uh, you can meet the silent voice. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm nervous. Uh, Mogrimo will go ahead and walk inside. Yeah, Sylvie's going to cruise on in. Um, Winston uh, steps up to the door and after you guys enter, he closes it behind you. Not in an ominous way because sitting there in this room... You walk into this room. It's got the same kind of stone tiles. You see there are chairs set up around this room. It is a long room. It's probably like 40 feet long by about 25 feet wide. Um, And in the center of the room, there is this old beat up table. You can see there are some chairs sitting around the table as well. Um, The chairs around the room are all unoccupied. But the chairs around the table, you see four figures sitting at the table. There is um, this... uh, Well, first off, you see Philibert. Long River. You see this uh, this halfling man with a with a like a, a gray beard, kind of big mutton chops, and then like this slicked back hair. You met him at the docks earlier today, or was that yesterday? I think it was a couple days ago. Uh, you think it was? It was a couple yesterday. Days ago. Yesterday. Yeah. I think yesterday. You met, yeah, you met him yesterday at the docks. He is a customs official at the docks, and also a Pafma. Um, next to him, you see this older woman uh she is um actually she's elderly so you can see like her she's got the 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 sinews in her neck are very visible she's got sunken in cheeks um she's got spectacles on her face she keeps her hair cut very very short but it's it's kind of that that really kind of dull brown that dull uh, almost turning gray but never will actually turn gray it's kind of that mousy brown colored hair um she is sitting in a chair on a little cushion um, and then across from them are two other people. You see that there is... Wait, so the- Philibert is a halfling. It, this woman, is she a human? So it looks like Philibert is the is the halfling. The other three down here are humans. Okay. So um, the, um, the across from this older woman, you see this, uh, this man. He's got this... Jesus. <laughs> he's got this... <laughs> geez, us 12-sided guys sure are working. Sorry. <laughs> we walk in, he's like, my son. <laughs> no, he's got this long brown hair he's got a thick mustache a long beard he is wearing um he's wearing robes but they're not like um religious robes or like wizardly robes it's just you know some people wear like robes and cloaks and stuff to keep warm uh, especially this time of year but you notice we he got has a sword <laughs> <laughs> exactly you see he has a sword at his hip um and then um the other um person sitting at the um at the table um is this middle-aged dark-haired woman uh she has a kind of a kind smile on her face her she's got just the beginnings of some wrinkles as well and and um, she is uh, she is uh, sitting across from Philibert. Uh, you were told there'd be six people, and you see four down here. Um, as you walk in, Philibert uh, kind of stands up. And he says, "I can't remember his voice specifically, but I think it's kind of like Hiccup from um, uh, from How to Train Your Dragon, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I think so. 
Ah, you came. I'm I'm glad you guys came. These, he kind of talks to the other people around the table. These are the ones I told you about that came in, and I can't do his voice anyway. <laughs> it's, it's so far gone. It's gone. It's gone. Like, that's all right. These, so these, these are the between, ones. Between yesterday and today, he got hit in the throat. So choose a new voice. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are the ones. Uh, no, like, these are the ones who came and spoke to me up at the, at customs, uh, at the docks. And uh, uh, they're the ones who, uh, they knew Jellowin. And you can see that around the table, like some downcast eyes. It looks like the two other, the two women in here, they kind of look a little bit sad. The the man with the with the long beard and the long hair, he looks more angry. At the at the name Jellowin, Guy will put his hand on Sylvie's shoulder. We're also the ones who killed the crows. Oh yes, uh, I I told you about how they went uh, the the uh, Ravenstone clan was looking for us to try to get our. Uh, to get a bounty off of, well, off of one of us. Everyone can make insight checks as he says that. Ooh, yeah. What is... All right, so we got Ooh. a 22 on that one. Okay. Yeah, Markham got a nat 20 for 27. Ooh, I got a 10. Ornan got a four. Um, so, uh, Sylvie and, and Magram, uh, you guys both see Philibert, as he says, uh, for one of us, he, he holds his hand out and he kind of motions to the whole table. Magram and Sylvie, you both watch the man with the beard. His eyes flick towards the old lady sitting across from him, the elderly lady. He says, yes, uh, so they took care of the crows, uh, the uh, the Ravenstone clan, so they're not after us anymore, so that's good. And uh, this one here, um, and he points to Sylvie, uh, she was a friend of Jellowin and um, would like to meet with us, to to talk to us about as long as we're like recounting our victories in the city, we also cleansed the the shrine of the druids. Literally, was just about to say that. Yes, credit where credit's due. We're kind of heroes, and we delved an old temple of Eliastri. I, er, er. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'd mention that one. We kind of stole some stuff, so uh. <laughs> oh. we spent some time in the sewers, but not in a gross way, like in an adventurous way. <laughs> <laughs> we're not perverts we did swim with some floaters and that uh that was pretty gross we're not all perverts <laughs> <laughs> anyway so as you're sitting there the man with the long beard and 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 the long hair he kind of leans back in his chair and he says well what do you want from us you found the silent voice what is it you uh you wish are, are you here to to join us to help us here in the city of Redlam? Are you here to um, ask us for help? What What is it you need? Well, I, I don't mean to be impertinent, but uh, Winston mentioned that we don't start the meetings until everyone's here. Do we Do we need to hold off for another moment? Uh, the man with the beard, he says, well, normally we would wait for Marie and Evelyn, but there's been no word. Is it possible they may met the same fate as Jellowin? Uh, you see a couple looks pass across the table and um, you the old lady, she says, well, no, I I think that they're more careful than Jellowin. Jellowin, uh, bless her heart, she 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 liked to talk. She was she was always out um, asking questions and uh, kicking up anthills, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, you have to appreciate and, and love her for her tenacity, but but no, no, no. Marie, Marie and Evelyn, uh, they're more careful. They're more careful than Jellowin was. So you're not worried that they're a danger? Um, no need for uh, insight checks. They are worried. You can see it. 
uh, in their in their body language, but they are. Um, are they pretending like they're not worried? Like, is that what she's trying to say to me? Yeah, she's like you. Can, you can tell that they are worried, but in the same way that they're always worried. Okay. Because of just who they are, right? Like this is not out of the ordinary to be worried about their friends. Um, you do get the impression, though, with your previous insight checks that um, it is odd to start a meeting without everybody there. Um, especially they are on edge because of what has been happening here in town lately with uh, with uh, with the silent voice. You you had heard from Philibert that they used to be like a dozen, and then they were down to seven, and now they're down to six. So, and, and you're here with only four. Gotcha. Well, it, it seems like your ranks are, are shrinking quickly. Um, we don't, we don't have anything to ask of you. I just, as a friend of jell I wanted to come and offer my condolences and see if you had any idea of what, uh, what the work she was doing here was. Well, yeah. The, the older woman, the, uh, the elderly woman, she speaks up, she says, yes, jell she told us that, um, that she had a safe place, a place we could go that was, we didn't have to hide. We could, we could, uh, we could exercise our powers. We could, we could research and we could grow and we could, we could help each other and not live in fear. And, uh, that's, that's what she was preaching. Some sort of a, some sort of a, a safe place. Yes. Yes. That, that's where I'm from as well. And, I I understand why she would be preaching that. What I don't understand is why y'all are still here and not there. Uh, Philibert doesn't speak up again. He just kind of like nods as you're talking. He already kind of gave you his reason. And it's family, right? Family and history. And then uh, the old woman, she kind of looks around. She's like, well, I'm I'm in no fit state to travel. And, and there are people here who need me. And then uh, the uh, the man with the beard and the long hair, he kind of says, yes, and uh, we've got our lives here. I mean, I've, my business is here. You know, this is, this is where we, this is where we live. And those damn Aeonans are trying to make us feel unsafe in our own homes. And he kind of spits off to the side. Well, if you weren't, if you weren't going with Jellowin to the to the commune, to the hive, um, what was she trying to accomplish here? The, um, the kind of middle-aged woman with the dark hair, she speaks up. She says, well, I, I spent a lot of time with Jellowin and we talked a lot about, about what, um, what she wanted to do and what she ended up doing. I, I, I feel that when she came here to Redlam, she didn't, she didn't realize just how, how dangerous it was here for people like us and I think in her efforts to um, well she came trying to help us by taking us away I think she realized that she needed to help us to stay and so her efforts became our efforts to to try to make it safe for people like us here in the city of Redlam. As she is talking, suddenly the door behind you bursts open. You can see Winston kind of like uh, in the background, but in front of him, you see two people uh, come entering into the room. You see, first is this woman. She is uh, middle-aged. She is uh, striking. She is... Um, let me see that token. Let me see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm closing <laughs> doors and moving people. Uh, she is um, 
She is a, a striking woman. She has red skin, uh, pointed ears, long, dark hair. She's got black horns coming up off of her head, wearing this green dress. It's not like an elegant dress or a fancy dress, but just the way she carries herself. Um, this is a very attractive uh, sort of middle-aged woman, uh, tiefling. And behind her, you see somebody that you recognize. You see, um, you see the tiefling man that you had seen in the um, the Black Dog Cafe. You see, he comes following. And this was Magrum who saw him, right? Mm. Yeah, Magrum saw this guy uh, sitting at the bar uh, at the Black Dog Cafe. You see this woman though; she comes in. She says, "They've got her! They've got her, Evelyn! They've got her!" And then the everyone at the table stands up, like, "What? Who's got her?" And um, you hear this woman start to talk. You would initially know this must be Marie because the two who are missing were Evelyn and Marie. Um, Marie begins telling her tale. If we have to mount a rescue mission to the Church of Iona to save a religious prisoner, maybe I can also use that opportunity to chat up that Annalise. Mm -hmm. This woman starts saying, they they got her. I don't know how they found her, but they picked her right up off the street. Uh, they took her right to the Temple of Iona. I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard any, um, any rumors that they're going to do a burning anytime soon. However, if Jellowin is any indication, then 48 hours tops. And you can see that she has been crying. You can see the figure behind her, this, uh, this, 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 man t- this male tiefling. He is um, younger. He's probably in his 20s. Um, and he puts his hand on her shoulder. Um, and instantly, just with your insights that you've already rolled, uh, this is a, like a mother-son relationship. The people at the table start asking all kinds of questions like, who got her? Where is she? Uh, how did they find her? What were you doing? Wait, is this an attractive woman with a son my age? Totally my type. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Um, as she is talking, you you recognize just by the, by the conversation that Evelyn is Marie's daughter. Um, so uh, it looks like um, the last two members of the Silent Voice are a mother-daughter pair. They are scared. They don't know what to do. Um, as you are listening to the conversation, you hear uh, the man with the long hair and beard. He is getting angry. He keeps putting his hand on his sword. Um, uh, but he also keeps saying, what can we do? And you get the impression that he is angry and he wants to fight back, but he also does not know. He does not feel he has the power to fight back. And he is almost writing off Evelyn. This elderly woman is asking all kinds of questions. She's the one who wants to know where and when and how. Um, you see that Philibert um, stands up and he's like, "I've, I've got to go check on my family, make sure that they're okay. Uh, if they're, if they've caught Evelyn, who, who, who knows what she may have said?" And then, like Marie, the mother, she's, she says, "Oh, she wouldn't speak. She wouldn't. I know she wouldn't. She's, she's tougher than that." And then uh, the man with the beard, he stands up and he says, "Everybody breaks." And then. Um, there is just this loud, uh, drawn out, like, uh, argument, heated conversation going on. And you guys are just kind of standing there in the room, listening to it. Uh, Marie, is that your, your name's Marie? <laughs> she looks, she says, yes. Uh, who are you? Sorry. My name, my name is Guy. I was formerly known as, uh, Wilhelm Lionstorm, if that name rings any bells. Um, <laughs> 
kind of in the same business. <laughs> she's going <laughs> she's gonna roll it. Nope. She rolled a natural <laughs> two. She's like, that is the most metal name I've ever heard of. But <laughs> I am <laughs> I am distraught for my daughter hath been taken to the temple of Aona. Are you safe here? Obviously there are ties if they've caught your daughter, then they're ties to you. And uh, I assume this is your son. Um are you safe here? You can't go home, obviously. She says, no, we can't go home. But um, there, are, there are protections. Uh, as she says that, then the elderly woman stands up. She says, there are protections here. The, the manor is, uh, it's sort of hard to find if you don't know you're looking for it. Ah. There are spells and enchantments in place. So we are... We're safe here. However, out there, we're not as safe. Philibert stands up and he's like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I have to go check and, and make sure my family's okay. And uh, you see the rest of the people at the table, they nod. And Philibert actually moves past you. He says, I, I'm sorry. A, a terrible day to meet the silent voice. And then he moves past you and out the door. No, take care of your own. It makes sense. Nobody faults you for that. Oh, she's cute. Aww. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, uh, for all your listeners, I just showed a picture of Evelyn and her token. So if we that changes what anybody wants to do. We can't <laughs> let her die. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like 16 or 17. If we do this, we'll have to leave the city straight away. If you do what? Well, we're going to help you, duh. We're heroes of the realm. Obviously, but I think, I think after this, you need to get out of the city if possible. Take your family if you love them and get to safety come to the hive she said the hive the, the, what jellowin was always speaking of the hive yes she she turns to her son and she says zephyr i i think i th- i think we need to go i think if if we can get evelyn out i think i think it's time redlam is redlam is is gone to us and he nods and he says yes i i agree you said 48 hours. It was 48 hours from the time she was taken between before Jellowin was, was set to the pyre. Uh, the old lady speaks up. It was, it was two days when we realized that Jellowin was gone that then they announced that she was burning. And sadly, we, we watched her burn two days after they picked her up. So we may have a minute to do some, to reconnoiter a bit. Uh, but uh, potentially, yes. Why, why would you help us? Well, duh, we're heroes of the realm. We said that like three times. <laughs> I've seen one too many burnings in my lifetime, and I'll, I'll stop this one. And that's literally my my job, is to help other Pahoftmas. That's why Jellowin and I are out of the um, the hive. Okay. And I don't know if you heard, but I used to be Wilhelm Lionstorm. It was kind of my job, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. And we're heroes again. We're heroes. Oh, she goes. Oh, this is the only your Wilhelm Lionstorm. Wilhelm, oh the Wilhelm Lionstorm. <laughs> I've heard rumors that you used to float up and down the river, helping people in need. A true hero to us, Pahafmas. I used to ferry people in need, kind of like Marie and Zephyr. You are now. You're so young and virile. (laughs) (laughs) Spreading your seed all up and down the river. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. If only I was a little bit younger. 
Well, you wouldn't be <laughs> okay. the oldest person I've been with. Oh my gosh, this woman, this woman <laughs> is going to be like yeah. 85. Uh, oh, I've dated elven women who were in their 300s. No, that's true. That's true. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, that reminds me of that meme of like the four teenage girls and like the old grandma, and they're all labeled things like eight hundred year old druid and six hundred year old elf <laughs> and seventy five year old human. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Maria's like, so you you'll help me just like that. Um, also, if we're gonna do this, we need to find a way to disguise Malgram a little bit. What? What are you talking? What are you talking about? I took well, you- my coat off. What more do you need me to do? <laughs> I like that your your leather shirt is just a little bit shorter than your leather jacket. <laughs> we'll need to buy provisions and, and get ready to hit the road as soon as we do this. Should we? Yes, if we also embark on this. Sorry, oh, go, go ahead. For it. I'd go for it. I was just going to say we should prepare the <laughs> druid woman that we were talking about leaving with. Let her know we're going to be heading out. Dane and the Dwarven Druid. I think that's a good idea. I would say we need to make sure all loose ends are wrapped up and that we are provisioned and ready to go because certainly if we do this, there is no going back. Right. Honestly, if we do this and we don't do it right, it could mean riots. It could mean it could mean destruction and blood in the streets of Redlam. I say we, we try to be as careful and as as uh, stealthy as possible in whatever we do. But I think that going in, getting a better lay of the land first is going to be essential. So tonight or tomorrow? Or like I said, I could go in and just be like, hey, I've, I knew I recognized you. I saw you in the library and I was like, where have I seen that face? Like, oh yeah, she's a nun. And then I could go talk to her. That L... L, L- Vinin. What, what was her are name? Are we doing a conquest or are we doing a rescue? I, I'm confused as to... Her name was Annalise. <laughs> Annalise. Here's, here's the deal. We have something in common with her. She could become an asset. We could potentially even turn her. I'm not saying that I think she could be trusted. I'm saying there is some information about her that we know. And we've also seen her, and I left a good impression because I'm me. So that's another in, maybe to just see around the temple and get a better understanding of what's going on. Honestly, I do so. I've got done some of my best reconnaissance in the bedroom. I believe it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> People get comfortable. We have a I, there's a connection there, and they are one of the caretakers of the temple. Of course I'm going to try to use my strengths to try to help us in this mission. Very noble of you. You're truly (laughs) sacrificing for the rest of us. Marie, uh, this this tiefling, uh, middle-aged tiefling woman, she says, uh, okay, um, so I will go and gather what I can and I will come here. And you see the other members of the silent voice like, yes, of course, of course, stay here, stay here where it's safe. She says, uh, when you get Evelyn, if you, if you can, if you can save Evelyn, bring her to me here. And then she looks over at you, Sylvia says, and then we'll join your hive. We will, we will go to safety. All right, let's go be heroes. Again, (laughs) this is getting old guys. (laughs) This is D&D, guys. Come on. Let's try being uh, pirates sometime. <laughs> um, you see... Um, uh, I thought you as, already did that. 
I wasn't a pirate. I was, I guess I kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of were. Um, you see uh, that uh, this elderly woman, um, she says, is there, let us know if there's anything that we can do to help you uh, with, with, with whatever we can in, in any way, but just, I mean, we're not, we're not warriors. We're not fighters. We're not, uh, we're not spies, but uh, anything we can do, we will do. If you need, if you need blessings or, or, um, or any kind of augmentations that maybe we can help you with, um, uh, feel free to ask. <laughs> Not augmentations. Pills. I have some augmentations <laughs> I could <laughs> use. <laughs> little, little blue pills, please. <laughs> um, oh, I was thinking lip filler. <laughs> oh my god. You that would look so good on you. <laughs> uh she's like, no, like um if you need uh maybe um Bardic inspiration. Uh, not Bardic I'm looking uh, now I'm looking through their spell list to see who's got what. Heroism blessing. Ugh. We need to buy some horses and some some uh, riding dogs too. Um, Marie comes over to you, Magram, and she says, I, "I can at least do this for you." And she casts Prestidigitation, and now you no longer need to take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> well, you picked the right one to do it on. I take offense That's to this. That's a kindness for all of us, honestly. I know, I know that we're going to try to save your daughter, but truly, today you saved us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys are being dramatic about this. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. No, it's true. He honestly, he smells more like baby powder than like poo poo pee pee. <laughs> well, if there's anything that you need uh, from us, just just let us know, um, and and we'll get it for you. Uh, whatever, but please, if you could, if you could save Evelyn, she's she's just a sweet a sweet young girl, and uh, we'll bring uh, your what, daughter she- home, ma'am. Don't you worry. What we need are two horses and two riding dogs. And a disguise for this guy. Can you either any of you magically disguise Mogram here? Um, they can cast, a couple of them can cast disguise self, which only works on what if, you, what if What if they were sitting in the chair and Mogram was sitting on their lap while they cast it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ornan mentioned the lip filler thing. I mean, I'm willing to give it a try if we need to. Yeah, I'll look through real quick. I have a thing that I can do, but it 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 requires some ingredients that I don't have. I can make it so no one could uh, scry on on Magram while we're traveling around, but he'd still be noticeable to the to the naked eye. Oh, I won't be naked though. Not <laughs> <laughs> this time. Oh, so, uh, all right. Oh, I've got a special gosh. mushroom I make that makes it so people can't scry on you. Oh, okay. You'll only hallucinate a little. <laughs> yes. See, I think I think it's that I did not understand anything of what is happening. Um, yeah. So much of their of their spells are like they have to be there to cast them, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but no, if uh, horses, no problem. They say that they will make sure that they that you have some horses and some riding dogs. They'll have all that squared away. Um, they'll take a, a second to to get that all uh, set up, and you can see as a as uh, the elderly woman is saying that, she kind of motions out through the hall. And you see Winston come in and he kind of stands uh, next to you guys and she says, I'm going to need to call in a favor. I need horses and two riding dogs. And he's, he nods. He's like, of, of course, of course, anything you need. Um, and some barding and tackle provisions for some ta- for, for the road. Yeah. My horse needs plate <laughs> mail, please. <laughs> Fancy gold ones with feathers and stuff. 
So this guy, Winston, looks like he is pretty loaded. He looks like he's a very successful pillow and blanket merchant. Um, why don't you make a persuasion <laughs> check and we'll see what Honestly, we can do. Honestly, yeah. Ring him for all you can get. Oh, man. Ask him if there's going to be more if somebody bleeds. Ooh, I got a net 20 for a 27. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So here's nice. the deal. You guys can have two riding dogs. Not a problem. Uh, you can have either a riding horse or two riding horses or two war horses, whichever you prefer. As far as barding, um, I would say if you really want barding, that's something you're actually <laughs> going to ask for. Um, with your natural 20, um, like it just makes sense that you guys would need protection. You guys are like, um, you guys are, are heroes, it looks like. War horse, please. Sorry, did you mean do you, you mean riding horse or draft horse or did you no, mean riding horse or war horse? I mean, you can okay. do a draft horse too, but that's more for pulling a wagon. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to. Most people don't want to sit. Most people don't want to sit atop a uh, um, a, a draft horse if they can help it. Percheron. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, you could also get the equivalent of a chain shirt barding for your animal, which uh, gives AC 13 plus their decks. Hell yeah. Awesome. I so, want that so bad. Okay. I want okay. that online well, yeah. as well. Yeah. He's like, uh, of course, whatever, whatever you need, whatever you need. Um, and he goes off to start making those arrangements. And um, you guys are now here in the basement of the um, silent voice with, it looks like, um, uh, a mission, uh, uh, a job to do before you guys leave town. So, um, if you want to ask anybody else any questions, feel free to, or we can um, move outside. You guys can do some recon or whatever it is you guys want to do. Uh, the lady upstairs with the yellow dress or or outfit, uh, <laughs> the lovely young lady. What was uh, what was her name? The man with the beard and uh, the long beard and the long hair. He says. Uh, that's Lillian. Uh, she's my what is he? What is he? What what is she? Office manager is the only thing I can say. No, not another one of these guys. <laughs> uh, she's my assistant. Ah, uh, uh, is she? Um, you know, it's now's not the right time. Never, never mind. <laughs> he catches on to what you're saying, and he says, he just says, "Good luck." <laughs> Challenge he doesn't accepted. need luck. Margram smiles to himself. Magram, it's never going to be the right time. So you have to make this time. Oh, I had something better to say. You know, <laughs> I think I'm I think I am picking up what you are putting down here. Uh, oh my one, gosh. One must strike while the iron is hot. Right. Make your own time. That's right. Um, as you guys are down here talking, uh, you see that Marie, this tiefling woman, is talking to her son Zephyr, and uh, she's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be careful. You know, of course, I'll go gather what I can, but I'll, I'll make sure that I'm I'm safe." And you know, she, uh, you can see that she is very, very worried. But Zephyr goes off; he leaves as well to go and gather up what he can from their house to get things ready for them to depart the city as well. And um, the silent voice begins to break up. Like to not not to break up, but like to to leave the disperse. The room. Yes, to disperse. That's it, guys. We're breaking up the band. <laughs> Yoko. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. So there are um, a few things we need to do. We need to we need to check out the temple. Try to figure out maybe where they're holding her or what they plan to do uh, with Evelyn. And then there's also the 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 is. There's the problem of the money that we're owed. Um, what else do we need to do before we can leave town? 
Well, I'd like to go shopping. There's a, a few provisions I'd like to, to purchase. Uh, weapons and assortments. Okay. Perhaps I could go with Ornan to do the shopping. We also need to let the dwarven lady know that we're heading on out pretty quick here. And do we want to maybe alert Ryla or should we let, let her stay innocent? I think we should let her stay innocent. She's done enough for me. I, I mean, us. Oh, man. So, Sylvie, do you want to go with me to a um, temple to Aona? Let's do Poke it. Around? That sounds so safe. <laughs> um, Gee, perhaps, it, should we write our name in your book or something? Is there something we should do about this? I already have your name, Magrim, in my book. I believe I added you last time. Oh, oh yes. Victor Magrimsky, yep. Right there, Victor Magrimsky signed a contract to be like good friends or something. Something really cheesy. Ah, oh, well, oh, sigh. I suppose that's good. <laughs> so I can reach out to you. I'll let you know as soon as I find anything out. But uh, Sylvie and I will head to the Temple of Aeona to, to poke around a little. And as soon as we're done there, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, this sounds good. All right, you guys are then leaving the silent voice. And um, where are you guys going, Magram and Ornan? <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted. It's totally fine. Oh, I just need to, if we're going to leave town, there were some shopping things, but I, okay. I'd also yeah. like to get paid first because I would like some money before I do that, though. So uh, you would know that the way that you guys are going to get paid is you just have to go back to the Oaken Throne and see if there's a message for you um, to, to go and get paid at the castle. Um, so is that where you guys are headed then, Magram and Ornan? Yeah, we can go there. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, and Ornan, you guys start heading down towards the Oaken Throne as Sylvie and Guy uh, head uh, a little bit more northeast towards the Temple of Aeona. The Temple of Aeona is uh, right there outside of Cinder Square, uh, just north of the Prolian Archive. All right, we're going to start um, at the Temple of Aeona. Um, I put everyone here so you guys can kind of see what's going on. But as you approach the Temple of Aeona, it is now getting towards um, like later afternoon and the sun is starting to go down. But the Temple of Aeona is always easy to spot because of the flames that decorate the interior of the building. You see, as you approach this large stone building, there are these tall arched windows. They are um, leaded glass, but you can see fire, like light glowing out from the windows. Um, Guy and Sylvie, you guys are the two that don't really have a connection to uh, the worship of Aeona so much. But um, the way that these temples work is that there is fire inside this cleansing flame so usually there will be torches that decorate um the walls uh that are um uh, shining out through the windows to give light outside. You can see that uh, the inside there are these other um, kind of uh, uh, like fire motifs and uh, braziers and, and things like that. And I'll describe it as you approach, uh, as you go inside. But as you approach the building, you can see that out in the front, there is this mosaic flame uh, motif that is set in the stones approaching the temple. The temple is longer north to south than it is east to west. And... Um, I would imagine that uh, you've seen this temple before. You've walked past it multiple times. 
the northern half of this temple is large. It is uh, this big stone building with these tall windows. Uh, you know, that is more the worship area. The back part, the kind of the southern part of this of this building is smaller. It is more... The um, building's ass, if you will. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, it's more the living quarters. Uh, you can see that the whole temple complex itself is all fenced off with this metal, um, like uh, this metal fence. Um, it doesn't look like it's guarded necessarily necessarily but it is fenced off there are these gardens around the temple um that uh are uh that are uh kept up you can see that there's actually flowers in flower beds out in front of the in front of the temple as well and as you guys approach the door uh on the north side of the building to enter in you can see that the door is open that's one thing that you are also aware of is that the temp the temple doors of the church of iona are always open unless um Ornan and Magrim, you would know that the only time that the temple doors would be closed is if, like, there was an attack or um, they needed to secure the building. But, I mean, even out into the night, the doors are open um, and you can see the firelight from inside shining out through the doors and windows. So, uh, Guy and Sylvie, you approach the building. Is there anything you guys want to do on the outside of the building before you go in and start doing any kind of recon? All right, Sylvie, follow my lead, but this is going to be fun for you. I've been working on a new persona, and I think you should have one as well, just so that we're not using our, well, currently accepted real names. I've learned I'm really good at acting, so this will be great. <laughs> so if anybody asks, or, or it, so that you don't use the name Guy, while we're in there, go ahead and just call me Ross. And I'm going to call you Tenille. Tenille? Right. I thought you were going to go with Rachel. <laughs> That's, what I, was That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> Fine, Rachel. Jeez. All right, Ross. Okay. Oh my gosh. Uh, you guys. Let's go show them how good we're friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Is there a fountain out front that we can do opening credits in? <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, there is no fountain. There is no fountain out front. There's just this flame motif. Um, these open doors. You can see that there are these statues like uh, flanking the front door that are holding these braziers with fire. Um, uh, it looks like uh, these are these fires are tended all the time. Um, no, you guys can uh, you you can see through the doorway that um, once you get into the temple, it looks like there is this uh, uh, black tile. Uh, walkway that goes towards the center of the building and then there are these golden tiles around it the first thing you notice uh, when you walk in though is just how many people are in here you see that there are um, priests and prelates walking around you see that there are armored figures in the armor like uh, the gold and uh, black armor or tabards of worshipers of Aona um, you can see that there are um, uh, a couple people that you might recognize um, you see that one of the um, one of the prelates who was at um, the burning, you see he is kind of standing towards the front of the building uh, to welcome people in as you come walking in. You can also see that um, on either side of the entrance, you can see that there are these uh, these. The floor is recessed on either side, and in the center there are these braziers, these massive braziers. It's like almost 10 feet across with these glowing coals uh, lighting up the room. Um, you can also see that straight ahead in the center of this kind of worship area, there is a large altar that you can access 
from uh, a staircase, but it's got an even larger brazier um, on it. You can see that the this the uh, platform that this brazier is on is held up by these statues of this woman who's got her arms outstretched holding torches, and the torches are actually lit torches, um, and these would be representations of Aona. But around um, all these braziers, you see that there are people uh, who are uh, sitting around them, looking in at the coals. You see every once in a while, somebody will like write something down on a piece of paper and then toss it into the fire. Um, anyone uh, aware of Aeonan worship? You know, that's kind of like you giving up your um, your vices or your, um, your uh, hangups and you are tossing them into the fire and giving them to Aeona uh, to either cleanse you of something or to give you strength to fight something. Um, and you can see that around this room, there are a lot of worshipers, uh, not just worshipers, but actually um, acolytes and followers of Aeona. Um, you see further into the room that there are um, two chapels, one on the left and one on the right. Um, and uh, go ahead and make perception checks as you're gazing around the room. All right. So we rolled a seven. And Guy rolled an 11. Um, as you are looking around the room, you see that there are, um, it looks like there's some kind of a, a, a little uh, sermon or service going on in one of these little chapels. Uh, there's a chapel on the east side and the west side. And on the east side, you can see that there is um, uh, a priest uh, standing up and is preaching to a bunch of people who are sitting on benches uh, and talking about the, the, the glory of Aona and the power of Aona and, uh, and that sort of thing. And you can uh, see that uh, Annalise, the prelate, is actually standing up there. She is not the one giving the um, giving the sermon, uh, but she is standing there and listening. You see that this is where... Kind of like an altar girl type thing? Uh, not necessarily altar girl, because uh, she doesn't seem to be like subordinate to the person who is actually doing the preaching. Um, she is just standing there and... Um, and is uh, and is taking in the sermon as well. Um, you also see random woman. <laughs> oh, it's a new random woman that totally is Evangeline <laughs> Lilly. It's super <laughs> Evangeline Lilly. I love wow, it. I love it. Oh gosh. Yeah, um, so with your guys' perception checks, it's it's hard to separate and and try to distinguish like different groups of Aeonian worshipers here in uh, the temple. But one thing you do know is that um, behind you, uh, so as you guys are kind of approaching the chapel area where Annalise is, um, you see that behind you at the other chapel, it is almost completely empty except for two figures. You see this heavily armored um, woman in uh, black and gold armor. Uh, and you Whoa. see that she is standing. She's like straight behind, from Mandalorian. <laughs> kind of. You see that she is standing behind a man who is kneeling in front of this statue of Aona, and he appears to be crying. Uh, and you recognize um, he is also wearing the black and gold of Aonin worship, and you recognize one of the Navorian um, spellcaster worshippers of Aona. One of these, one of these arcane users. Uh, it looks like he is trying to cleanse himself of the um, of the uh, the corruption that comes with arcane. At least, uh, at least according to uh, Aonin worshippers. 
So you can see that there is this sermon going on. People are sitting there. They are listening. They are, um, some of them are uh, like praying. um, And uh, you can see Prelate Annalise is standing there. At the south end of the room, you can also see there is double doors. Um, there's a staircase that goes up to like a second like balcony, like second floor balcony that just kind of wraps around the room. But underneath the staircase, there is a double door leading to the southern part of the building, which uh, you guys would know probably is more the living area for the uh, for the prelates and acolytes. Okay, so Guy will go ahead and come into this chapel, and he's going to just sit on a uh, sit on one of the benches here that's unoccupied, and kind of uh, wait for this um, service to end. Yeah, you guys, you sit there, and um, this uh, this uh, Hemnalite uh, Aeonin is up there preaching. Uh, you can tell that she is not like a like a crusader because she has zero like bits of armor or anything on her, uh, and she is preaching about Aeona. She's preaching about the uh, the false hope and comfort that comes from uh, meddling with the powers of nature uh, and how. Uh, uh, people are uh, trying to take the power of the gods for themselves, and that is only power that the gods can give. Anything other than that is a corruption. Uh, and you see that there are people nodding along, but after about five or ten minutes, she finishes up her sermon, and people begin to get up and move away. Guy, seeing his opportunity, will say, keep an eye out for me, okay? I'll, I'll do my best. He'll he'll go up and he'll like straight up approach Annalise. A- is it Annalise or Annalise? A N N E L I S E. Annalise. Okay. All right. And I'll say, I'll, I'll walk up to her and say, I thought I recognized you from somewhere, and here you are. She looks over at you. She says, Oh, oh, um, yes, from from the archive. Yes. So I was right. I had seen you before. She says, I. I don't think I've seen you here before. Uh, well, allow me to introduce myself then. My name is Ross Lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, get out! <laughs> Ross Lacrosse. Um, uh, pleasure. I am Prelate Annalise. I'm one of the prelates here of the Temple of Iona. Oh, lot. What brings you? Mm-hmm. No. I, what brings you here to the Temple of Iona? I, I, I have not seen you here before, so you're not a regular. I don't want to be too forward, but it's you, honestly. I was, I was, there was something about you. I was taken in by something in your countenance, I think you religious people say. I just, I felt like I, I had to give it a shot. So here I am. It's a pleasure to meet you, Annalise. Um, make a persuasion check. Come on, big money. It's a 22. She, um, you see that she kind of, uh, she gets a little color in her cheek. She gets a little bit of a blush. Um, make it, make an insight check. Uh, Sylvie, I want you to make a perception check as you're sitting there watching this happen. Oh, that's a nat Dude, 20. Gee. And Guy got a 19 insight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Um, Sylvie, with your perception of 20, um, you see, um, that um, Guy and uh, Prelate Annalise seem to be getting along well. You see Prelate Annalise's body language change um, after a, a couple of seconds of talking with Guy, and she kind of turns 
towards him a little bit more, uh, being a little bit more open. You also see that um, some of these other people who are here in the temple, now as as some of the people here in this chapel have left uh, now that the sermon is over, uh, you can see more of the actual like priests of Aona, the uh, the, uh, the actual like acolytes. Uh, you see that there are a couple of people here who are still sitting here in the chapel. Um, they are talking amongst themselves and you catch the glimpse of like tattoos and things on their faces and you recognize a couple of vantorian uh, sort of like uh the uh um the monster hunter followers of aona similar to what it sounds like um ornan had been or had had attempted to be um but um yeah that's what you notice you notice that annalise seems to be opening up to gi gi you notice with your 19 insight that um something is troubling annalise and you seem to be a welcome distraction. So I don't know if you have any other responsibilities here today, but I was wondering if you'd be interested in getting a drink or meeting up somewhere, you know, later tonight, a bar or something. I don't want to be too forward. And honestly, and, and I, don't, I don't know how people ask people out on dates. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> so when you are a very attractive person, uh, you can do whatever you want uh, to ask somebody out on dates. Um, that, that's just how life works. And Guy is a very attractive person. Uh, you see that the, the prelate actually, she kind of, um, she tucks her hair behind her ear. Sylvie, you gag a little bit as you see this interaction, I imagine. Um, yeah. um, she's like, well, um, uh, yeah, uh, yes, I, 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 she kind of looks around the temple. She's like, oh, yeah, yes, I, I could meet you for a drink tonight. Um, yes. Uh, where did you have in mind? Uh, are you familiar with the, the black dog in the docks district? The black dog? Um, um, not particularly, but I'm, I'm sure I could find it. I mean, it, only if you're comfortable, you know, traveling that far. It's not too far from here, honestly, but, um, I just like that it's, it's cozy and it's private. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is getting too awkward, man. You're my twin brother. Um, uh, how about we, how about we just say, he flirts <laughs> and she agrees to meet him at the black dog. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Guy flirts and she agrees to meet you at the Black Dog. As uh, you are having this interaction, suddenly, Guy, you remember, wait, there's somebody else you're supposed to meet at the Black Dog tonight, too. I'm killing oh, two birds with one stone. Okay. All right. He's awesome. going to try As to misdoubt fire this and do them both at the same time. <laughs> I was, I oh was just about to say the same thing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, we are going to pause this interaction here at the temple as Guy is trying to, uh, as, as Guy is making plans with Prelate and as Sylvie is watching and quote learning, um, watch and learn um we are going to cut over to ornan and magram ornan and magram as you guys approach the oaken throne um you guys walk into the oaken throne as you walk into the oaken throne you see that there is a um i haven't just you get usually you guys just kind of move right past the front desk and go back towards the uh, the common room where the food and the booze is um but as you guys are walking in you see that there is a one of the workers here at the end is standing at the front desk uh and he motions uh or as he walks in he notices you guys walking in and he says oh um uh, I, I i've got a i've got a message for you 
and he kind of like looks behind him and then he he pulls out this uh this envelope and he sits down the on the desk and he says uh <laughs> is that our big check we're expecting a very large check <laughs> He's, he, he sets it down and he says uh, some very important people came by and dropped this off for you um and then he turns around and goes back to work <laughs> Ah, important people okay Uh, all right Uh, there is this uh there is like a a note it's sealed with green wax and it is on some heavy duty uh parchment Ooh. ornan will break the seal and open it up uh and then like hold it like really high for himself so magrim can read it at the same time he's like holding it at like the top of his head level and like looking up at it Okay. Um, as you open it up, you see that it is written in an elegant hand. And the the text of the message uh, reads something to the effect of, it has come to my attention that you have been... Naughty boys. <laughs> Naughty boys. We haven't done can't prove anything. <laughs> it says it has come. It has come to my attention that you have been uh, incredibly helpful in dealing with a certain crow problem. If you wish to be rewarded, please find yourselves to Umbral Pike Keep and ask for Mistress Sephora, Mistress of Coin, and it's signed Sephora. Sephora. She's got a last name. Lacrosse. <laughs> it is. It is signed Sephora. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it is signed. No, she doesn't have a last name. It, it is signed Sephora. Dang it! You guys are gonna go meet with Sephora. She's the one that I want to romance the most. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. I've got this one. There is that old lady that you were talking to, and I don't know. That seemed promising. Oh my gosh! I don't know that we have time to get back together with everybody before we have to leave town. So we might collect this and. And then split it with the others. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, good talk. Let's uh, let's head that way. See, that's what I love about Mogram and Ornan when they go off on their own. They have so much chemistry. <laughs> All right, we do hold hands though. Like what we didn't say is that we're holding hands. We have great chemistry. I'm All walking right. behind him and I'm reaching up for holding both of his hands at the same time. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, Ornan and Magrib, you guys leave the Oaken Throne in as you make your way uh, to the gatehouse of Umbral Pike Keep. It is this large, dark castle. The gatehouse is large, strong, and foreboding. Ornan and Magram, as you uh, enter into the grounds of Umbral Pike Keep, and Sylvie and Guy, as you are within the Temple of Iona, surrounded by people who you know would burn you at the stake if they knew what you were, that is where we're going to stop for tonight. Oh, I forgot to say, uh, Guy took off his I'm a Pahoftma Are You shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I am a P O H A, you know, Pahapa. Yes, I got it. Are you? Yeah, oh it's all gosh. just all just letters. Awesome, <gasps> dude! I need to make that T-shirt. <laughs> that's actually an amazing T-shirt idea. I love it. Oh my it. gosh, that's great. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, next time we get together, we're going to have uh, a split party. Some of you in the castle. 
getting a reward potentially and others of you in the temple of Iona as well as trying a to reward, maybe <laughs> getting wow. a reward oh, from yeah. a certain prelate a certain prelate who you know is sharing dreams with you Anyway, don't forget, go check out our Patreon. Uh, you guys can get bonus content like the maps that we're using, all the battle maps. You can see uh, the wiki, so you can see all the tokens of the characters. Um, also, don't forget to go to our shop, check out uh, our buttons, check out stickers, t-shirts, perhaps even I am a Pahafma Are You coming in the future? Maybe? And until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time. <laughs>